connect and experience art at the Northfield Arts Guild. Visit our galleries, arts festival, and take in a performance at our theater featuring a full season of dramas, comedies, and musicals. The Guild's gift shop showcases unique art from over 100 local and regional member artists. Come enjoy music from the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra or the 411 Concert Series. We invite you to explore your creativity in one of our classes. All are welcome at the Northfield Arts Guild. To learn how you can be a part, visit northfieldartsguild.org or call 507-645-8877. Art Zany, radio for the imagination, with your host Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, radio for the imagination. Good morning, this is Paula Granquist, and you're tuned in to Art Zany Radio for the Imagination. Thanks for listening to the show that celebrates creating and stories. So let's tune our imaginations together. Okay, I'm going to start off with a strange image. My daughter and I were driving to pick up our coffee order at the drive-thru when we spotted a dump truck at the back of the parking lot. The truck had a curious load. I thought it looked like tomatoes, but I thought, that's a lot of tomatoes, and that doesn't make sense. This is a type of big truck you would see at a construction work site. Not a baby truck, but a full-size, full-size load dump truck. And my daughter thought that the truck was filled with those little cutie oranges. Okay, I thought, she's seeing what I'm seeing. Then we drove closer to the dump truck, and both of us concluded that this was definitely a truck full of tomatoes. This is not harvest season in Minnesota. This is our winter spring. There was no driver in sight. My daughter thought, well, maybe he went in to get a coffee too. It was a very strange thing. And the driver's side logo had, the driver's side had a logo that said something about recycling. This was all very confusing. Surely this couldn't be an open dump trunk of piled loose tomatoes that were headed to the grocery store. You know, if they're driving down the freeway, what if there were a bump? This could be a disaster. I was very surprised to see this, and it was something I couldn't figure out. Were these tomatoes going to spill on the road? You know, this is pothole season, after all. And I tried to piece together the story possibilities. Can you use tomatoes for fertilizer? Is tomato juice used to make dyes? Had all these tomatoes spoiled? Now, there's likely a simply answer, but I don't know what that solution might be. Well, then I thought about, well, I should take a picture of this strange and wonderful sight. But then I stopped myself. This is a wonderful puzzle for the imagination. This is a fun story to share. What would I do with that picture anyway? I would take that picture, and then it would sit in my camera roll. I wouldn't need to post it, because what is that? I don't don't know what that is. My mind would believe that, okay, I've got the image now, so there's nothing else to do about this thing. I think because I didn't take the picture, I've been working through the puzzle of what the heck is the story behind that dump truck full of tomatoes in a Minnesota parking lot in the cold of April. What's exciting is wondering, where will this show up again in my world? Will I add this image to a story? Share the story? Yes, that's what I'm doing here because I've been thinking about it ever since it happened. Now I wonder, will I start seeing dump trucks of tomatoes all over? Is it something that I've missed in this world that's a very common thing? It's really interesting to me, and I I keep wondering. And to me, that's the good thing because most things in life are better experienced live. In this world, we must work to make things happen and to practice not turning to our phone for easy entertainment. To be in the moment is valuable. And I know this doesn't work for everything, because there are those 
things that you want to add to your story and create the building blocks of who, what your world is. And I understand that need to preserve some of our memories, but maybe not everything. Most of our lives need to be taken in, observed, processed through all of our senses connected to what's in front of us. Life is sweeter if we let ourselves experience moments. And I imagine this is where I, I why it comes back to Art Zany Radio is that art is going to have an ever more important role in reminding us what it means to live in the moment. And that's why I love art performances and experiences. It's the players, the audience, the art, the stage, the music, the connections, the tools, exchanges, and the collective experience. So let's make art more important than collecting digital memories. And I'm so excited to be able to bring everybody together today. We have, I think this is a record for our new studio. We have <laughs> a giant crowd <laughs> already here, ready. And I'm so excited to welcome into the studio, Bob Gregory Bjorkland. Welcome to Art Zany Radio. Hello, Paula. It's a thrill to have you here. It's good to be back here. I know. And I, uh, I think Isaac and I were talking that the last time you were here was like the day before the whole world closed down last oh, time. So two years ago, yeah, just over two years ago when we had to cancel the performance for our arts residency. Is exactly. Right? And so that's, I don't wow. know if it went by in a flash or if it's been a decade. <laughs> Some of both it feels like yeah, to me. Yeah, exactly. But I am yeah. thrilled there's live art happening again. Totally agree. There's nothing, there's nothing that's the same. Yeah. It probably not. feels great, too. You can feel the joy of it because it was not there for a while. I can. Yeah. Yeah, and my guess is that the people I work with can. I, I felt it, um, I, I think about this year, I felt it this fall when we did the Mystery of Edwin Drood at, at the high school. Um, I felt it um, when we got Rock and Roll Revival up at, at the middle school. I felt it when Arcadia just did our residency. We and so we, we got a residency done with <laughs> with Chris Coza. Just what is it? One week ago or two weeks ago? Um, and and I'm feeling it now. I we um. At the end of that residency, our director, Laura Stelter, and I couldn't help but say to the audience, we're back. Yeah. We're back. That's important. And that's what it feels like. There's something that's extremely different, and I won't get up on my soapbox for too long, but extremely different about talking to people on screens as opposed to being together, experiencing something in the moment. Absolutely. Now I'm off my soapbox. Well, and we've got to get this crowd introduced to everybody so they know we are here with Arcadia Charter School students and Bob, who's the arts coordinator at uh, Arcadia. And you've been doing that now, coming up on 20 years. Well, since back in uh, 47, <laughs> I started. <laughs> no. Yes, once to twice since, since we opened the school in 2003. Wow, we've phenomenal. Been, we've been open that long now. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it is fabulous. And it is a school that uh, we get to do all kinds of things. And this is one of them. So let's have everybody introduce themselves. We have a whole crowd of students here. We are going to be talking about the complete works of William Shakespeare. Abridged. abridged. <laughs> they got that. And uh, we'll get more into that show in, in a minute. But let's have everybody introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your world, uh, a little bit about maybe school, what you love to do, and maybe even some of your favorite ways to engage your imagination. 
Do you want to start off? We'll start off. Oh, let's have the microphone. We've got to have them straight in front of you. Perfect. All right, I got it. I am Julian Ross. Uh, brain latched onto the last question. As far as imagination goes, I do a whole lot of writing and poetry and storytelling. And in the COSA residency, I read out a couple of pieces by middle schoolers, and I read out one of my own poems, and that was um, the the biggest way I think I connected with that residency thank you tell us a little bit about yourself too a little bit about myself oh boy i get to keep talking <laughs> um uh, what like, grade are you in i right important things <laughs> um i am in 11th grade and uh oh, what else you go to arcadia know? i go to arcadia that is true um uh, i already said the writing i like bugs i like theater i've missed theater yes. so much um, plug purple door plug purple door okay <laughs> uh, the last show I did before this was um, it's a wonderful life but a radio b performance but also in the theater and guy next to me was also in it he was one George Bailey and I played Mr. Potter and it was fantastic and coming up soon guy next to me again um, is also and, and I as well are in um, Peter and the Starcatcher <gasps> That's At very the exciting. Field At the North Guild. Yes. There we go. So yes. theater is a big part of your world. Very much. Well, uh, we're delighted to have you here. I can't wait to hear more about your role in this production. So let's talk about that guy next to you. Hi, I'm the guy right next to you. Um, <laughs> I'm Isaac Udelhoffen. Um, I'm an 11th grader at Arcadia as well. Um, I, I really enjoy theater a lot. One of the main things that's really becoming more of a thing is just like the laughter and joy um that you get to create and give to people um through your performance especially with this show um um and there's a lot of physicality and like slapstick humor that we get to do um that in like different ways to make people laugh that aren't usually done um more things about me um i am like I like making and listening to music a lot. Um, I is there an instrument you play? I, pl or? I play acoustic and electric guitar. Um, we had some fun with Koza and um, what a great experience! Yeah, working on some of his songs and yeah, it was cool to like play with the band. So Isaac, why don't you tell them what you're doing uh, in addition to being an actor, being an actor in this show? Yeah, um, I am actually also doing a lot of the prop making and we also painted a backdrop um for the show um if you see the poster it's a, a picture of of the man the bard himself <laughs> um and the the backdrop i won't spoil it because you should come and see the show to see it but um we uh we did a thing that <laughs> that um and uh we're able to get it done in the morning which was wild because you're expecting it to take a lot more time but um hand-painted backdrop if you come see the show it's the biggest backdrop we've ever had wow yeah. bigger than mlk day it, it well it covers more ground and and there's there's a certain visual heft to it we'll say. i look forward to seeing it yes oh, awesome thank you yeah. very much yeah. let's keep going we've got more we've got a big crowd here welcome to art Saney radio 
I think this is your first visit here. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm Lily Eastup. I am a an 11th grader at Arcadia. And I'm also very into theater, um, Shakespeare specifically. I read all of his plays like a long time ago and then reread a lot of them. Um, however, I am much more into being backstage than on stage. I am not an actor. Uh, so uh, for this particular play, I'm the, the head stage manager. So it's it's very, it's really good experience. I'm glad Bob let me do it. And um, I really like being backstage and seeing how everything is coming together. And, you know, he's letting me put some input into the show as well. And uh, f- during the show, my, like, main responsibility is queuing the tech. So I will, like, be queuing the lights and the sound people on when they should, um, like, start and when they should put the lights up. So it's a big responsibility, but I'm excited to take it on during the show. Well, congrats on that. We know that a play doesn't happen unless we have all of all of those moving parts working in, in coordination. So that's pretty yeah. exciting. And I thought it would be interesting, Lily, to have your perspective in this interview also. So We'll definitely yeah. get to that. And uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. What grade are you? What do you like? How do you like to engage your imagination? Um, yeah, I'm in 11th grade. Um, Moving way off from theater, I'm specifically into sea creatures a lot. Um, sharks, everyone thinks it's weird, but I like sharks a lot. Um, I can understand that. They are fascinating creatures. They're, they're very interesting creatures. Um, weirdly enough, my fascination from them came from just watching a lot of really poorly made shark movies. <laughs> there are a lot of them. Because <laughs> I just watch really poorly made horror movies a lot. And um, after watching Sharknado, like, 18, I was like, Sharks are really cool, so I started <laughs> learning about them more, and um, hopefully I can. Uh, I want to like, um, like have some career to do with, um, specifically like handling and um, like just not not specifically sharks, but like sea creatures, um, not fish, not like river, like mm-hmm. like more like like deep sea and like just in the sea creatures. I think that that. curiosity will take you anywhere you want to go. That's pretty fascinating. Thank you for being here. It's a thrill. And we've got another guest. I think, uh, Bob, you may have to swing your mic over. Okay. I don't know if your chair can get there. Welcome to Arts Any Radio. I think this might be your first time, too. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, I'm Milo Wheeling. Um, I actually took a break from theater um, and actually just picked it up um, right before the pandemic hit. Um, so this is going to be my first live performance in a while. Yes. Um, I think my last one might have been in sixth grade, um, and I'm in 11th grade now. Um, so, yeah, this is this is going to be uh, one of my, like, bigger things in a, in a little while. Um, other than theater, um, I really like working with animals and um, teaching animals and people. Um, and I've, I've taught a couple classes at school, um, about, uh, different books. Um, Zora Neale Hurston's Their Eyes Were Watching God was my favorite of mm. the ones that I've taught. Um, really good book. You should read it. <laughs> um, and, um, and so, yeah, I've been working with horses for my whole life and I'm training some dogs. I show dogs in obedience. Mm. Um, and I've got, um... A lot of things just kind of 
coming my way. You get, you always bring the most fascinating, I uh, just adore these times that I get to spend because there's so many fabulous kids with each of them with a beautiful story. And so this is a thrill. And I'm so excited that you're doing live theater again. Again, the show is The Complete Works of William Shakespeare Abridged. Abridged. We got that. We'll get, we'll even get better as we go through the, the <laughs> and the, the show runs for one weekend. So folks, we want you to get, um, put it on your calendars now. It's Thursday, May 5th, Friday, May 6th, and Saturday the 7th at 7.30. Very reasonably priced. Tickets, $6, $4. I assume that's like uh, seniors and students at the $4 rate. Being a senior, I'll say yes. <laughs> you can't be a senior. <laughs> we make Bob pay <laughs> yes, to come I to every show. Yes, I I graduate next year, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. And so, folks, do they need to get tickets in advance? No, tickets will be available at the door. At the door. Yeah. So, uh, But come in a little bit early, because I, I suspect there'll be a big crowd. Well, here's hoping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so there may be uh, people who don't know about this, but when you say the title, the first thing that comes to my mind is, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, how, how, how is this even possible? I call it a mad impossibility. So tell me, when you heard the title, what did you think and... Uh, you know, how did you react to, the, like, Bob, Bob, are you crazy that we're doing this? Oh, it looks like Jillian wants to jump in. Um, being an avid Shakespeare fan, I saw the title and went, yes. But also, um, because <laughs> Billy Shakes wrote, you know, the 37 plays and 154 sonnets. So how do you squeeze that into anything, much less a coherent performance? Um and the playwrights, uh, Jess Winfield, Adam Long, and Daniel Singer, I think I got those right. I think did. you did. Bravo. Yes. <laughs> um, they have done a just brilliant job of condensing um, uh, plots and stories and cutting out characters that don't need to be there because, you know, Shakespeare runs for five hours if you drag out a show, and that's just one. So if you... You're right. If you condense all the stories down to one thing, like he... He recycled ideas a lot. He reused things. He put in the same characters, the same plots. Um, and I don't remember the name of it, but there was a, the, a Greek theater tradition that they had where you just take a, a stock character, put it in, and it works for everything. And Shakespeare did that a lot. There are identifiable um, individuals like throughout his plays. There's the fool, the, the main, obviously, and then there's um, the woman, of course, because there's always one. <laughs> and you can reuse these throughout plays. So some of the some of the stories are like Romeo and Juliet takes about twelve minutes and it's its own thing. Um and Hamlet is the entirety of Act Two. But um they condense a whole lot of other plays into you know very short um pieces because there there's not a lot going on. <laughs> Did you folks, you, you didn't see that. A dump truck just drove by. <laughs> tomatoes. <laughs> did it have tomatoes I don't, I, 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 I'm a man from the math problem. <laughs> <laughs> There's something happening. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> Lily, I bet you were really excited when you heard that Shakespeare was happening at Arcadia. Hang yeah. on, hang on. A little disclaimer. Let's be careful about what we choose to give away and not give away. I'm sorry. No, I think we're okay so far, but... Hopefully, people are wondering. Yeah. Well, I, of course. I, I mean, it, it, I think that you did a great job telling us how it's possible that this could happen. But you had told us that you had read all of Shakespeare, which is something I think I've had on my list for a long time and have not managed to accomplish. <laughs> 
Well, I can save you a lot of time because when <laughs> I read it through, well, when I first heard we were doing all of them, I was like, oh, yeah, that could work because they're very similar, most of them. Like, there are, um, you know, there are standout plays like Hamlet and Romeo and Juliet and Macbeth. Um, but when I read them, most of them kind of mushed together into, oh, yeah, things happened in that story. And I was like, let's move on. Uh. Um, that's that's why that's why a lot of, um, in the show particularly, a lot of ones stand out. And then a lot of them kind of congealed together. Um, but, yeah, they did a good job with kind of moving quickly with the, like, they... Um, pretty much said all of the plays but like moved quickly with some of them and others stayed longer on it because i think people expect to like see you know romeo and juliet more Mm -hmm. so than like random just random shows they've never heard of so yeah let's ask isaac and milo do you have to have a knowledge of shakespeare to come to the show absolutely not um they're What's interesting is it's not just, like, we're reciting all the plays, we're doing all the plays. Um, There's a lot of the different scenes and um, different ways we're performing the plays are totally unique and different from anything um, you've ever seen. Um, It just takes a really interesting take on a lot of them. Um, And, well, if, I mean, there's, like, the big ones that people kind of know about, like, Roman Juliet's a love story, um... Uh, Hamlet's about a, a prince, um, and then like there's all the king ones that are about kings. Um, <laughs> but if you like, you have that knowledge, which I just told you, so now you know. Um, you you're you're set to come, but you really don't need to know anything because there's a there's a like a it's basically just like an outline of all of them. Perfect, uh, Jillian. Yeah, just a small note. If you think Shakespeare is highbrow, boring, and stuffy, you have to come to this show. Yeah, Shakespeare is really funny, and I think that's a big thing that a a lot of people miss, and it's what makes this show, like, show what Shakespeare is about. Um, Shakespeare is hilarious if you can understand the language, and this show really helps show where the hilarity comes in and adds some of its own. Well, that brings up uh, the question of language, because that is a barrier for some people. They don't like to go see Shakespeare, because what are all those old Englishy sounding you know, uh, foreign language words, which aren't really foreign, but they're just not the words that you hear. Is that, uh, was that, tell us what, what folks will hear when they, the, in the dialogue. Um, we have a bit of comedically used, um, like actual, like Shakespearean lingo. Um, but it's, it's really just, um, having fun with, with mixing them up and making our own mishmash of, <laughs> Um, whatever language that might be used or might not be used. Perfect. And and Bob, you mentioned in the beginning, uh, tell us about some of your director's notes. Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to say is that that we have text that comes from Shakespeare. Then we have text that comes from the three, we'll just call them the the three playwrights. And both both of, of those texts are funny and comedic. And Right, because this yeah. was written, this is a modern... You know, uh, I don't know. Remember what year the the, the playwrights made this? Anyone remember? You can no, look it I up, don't. folks. Uh, so, but it, it is something that uh, came out of today's world, looking mm-hmm. back and then yep. incorporating some of their own antics and right. craziness. And you, you'll hear you know references to current events mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. You know, every once in a while. Yeah. 
And your director's notes. Oh, I talk about words. I talk about words and how we use them, and um, you know what what we uh, uh, get used to, what we don't get used to, what we consider okay, what we consider not okay, where we consider certain words to be okay, and where are they not okay, <laughs> in, in what settings, um, <clears throat> and and a, a show like this, uh, you know, plays with that. A whole lot. It plays with words, first of all, and it plays with words. You know, Shakespeare was body. Mm. B-A-W-D-Y. He was body. Well, the three playwrights are body also. <laughs> okay? So I just want to get that out to our audience and let you know when you come in, uh, we're going to have fun. Um, I, I very intentionally uh, uh, put on the poster that we'll rate this show PG-13. They Probably a want, good idea. Want, want people to know that you know. You want people 13. to enjoy it too, right? Oh, this is fun. But okay? I'm saying that the, the, the younger kids but, might, it would, might go right exactly, over. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, be ready for that kind of fun that sometimes is body. Well, and the other thing that changed, I, anyone can jump in on this, is that the original uh, play had three players, and you're doing it with ten. So. Tell yeah. me how that works. <laughs> well, it's interesting when you take a play written for three white guys um, and put it into a group of of ten people from all all different mm-hmm. genders and races, um, and it's it's just it was interesting in rehearsal because like we had to to go through and get, like assign roles and. Um, we're essentially just playing ourselves, putting on Shakespeare. Um, so it was really interesting just uh, taking a play that um, did super well with three guys and trying to make it do super well with um, with then with ten different um, students. Um, and so I mean, we had to change a couple of things that probably weren't okay for a bunch of students to say. Um, but we also kept some things um, that are intention were intentionally there, um, written by the three guys, and in in combination with Shakespeare, um, and that's uh, again where the rating comes from. Also, there, <clears throat> you know, if you if you picture this, uh, thirty seven plays in ninety seven minutes is is what it's built. So if you think of just three guys doing this. Okay, that that that's that sounds whoa, this is crazy and fun. Okay, and it would be, but my one of my jobs always as an arts educator is to see how many people can I give opportunity to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I had ten people who were ready to do this. Why not? You know, it, you know. Then I have to you know divide roles, and and it doesn't have the same kind of pop. If there if there are purists who know this show, this is not the you know the three person version, because I got a lot of good people. Let's get them all involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think too, Lily, I want to talk about the idea, the the pacing of the show to be able to make it happen in that ninety seven minutes with ten people, and you're the one doing the stage managing. What has your role been, and how have you been able to make that possible? Um, you know, well, with Bob's shows, he always, um, his, like, rule of thumb for all the actors is that, you know, they have to 
like know when their queue is and they have to come in they're responsible for their props and things like that um but when you know i because i was there for like every rehearsal because usually he did the rehearsals by pieces so he'd only have like three or four actors there per um rehearsal like chunk so um a lot it, it could be very confusing especially when we had to change a lot of things because um a lot of the comedic timing of the show is that it's just three guys running around going crazy <laughs> and um you know that's used a little bit and like the in like some sections where there's only like two or three for a long section um but yeah it was it was very like confusing and a lot of times um ma- mainly my uh, my big role like during the rehearsals was um just helping people with their lines and giving them lines when they were on stage mm-hmm. um and you know helping bob think of like um, different things um, to enhance the performance for it. So uh, it was, it, it was challenging at first. Um, and there's, and Shakespeare has a lot of characters, so it works that there's a lot of people. Um, even even when we 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 cut a lot of characters too, and it, it's just, it was helpful to have you know someone there to help the actors out for that. Yeah, I would imagine. And we get so tired running the show with (laughs) ten people. Like, there's parts where, um, there's a couple of people on, and like we're running around for fifteen minutes straight, and then we like go backstage, and we're like, "How do three people do this entire show by themselves?" Um, Yeah, and you guys are young, and so you have a lot of boundless energy. So (laughs) that feels amazing. One scene just knocks us out. Can't imagine how three actual adult people could do this yeah here's a teaser the last two minutes are exhausting right (laughs) okay Ah. that's all i'll say okay exhausting for the light crew too oh dear tell you so you gotta get those cues right as well and so tell us about the characters that you play or how as much as you can reveal (laughs) am i allowed to say who i play bob Sure. I'm Hamlet. <laughs> Hamlet. And I love it with my entire heart because I, when I went to Prairie Creek Community School in fifth grade, we did a little production of Hamlet, and it was one of my favorite things I have ever done. Um, we called it Ham, one-seventh of Hamlet, Prince of Denmark. And in that, I played Horatio, and I just fell in love with Shakespeare. It had the intended effect. And I adore the bard now. Um and I cannot come back from it. And uh, I have not read nearly as many as Lily, admittedly. But um, the ones that I have read, I've just absolutely fallen in love with. So being able to do Hamlet, even this you know, very comedic, very uh, shortened production of Hamlet, is just a dream come true. And the people here can vouch. When Bob told me I was being Hamlet, I... Did a little scream and a little spin. I was very, very happy. So. Oh, oh, that's what you were doing. <laughs> I was dancing, Isaac. And no. What's even funnier is um, at first they didn't think they were Hamlet because Bob was like, you might not be Hamlet. And they were so sad, they almost cried. So, And then they got Hamlet and they were oh so happy. <laughs> Bravo. This is a, a big role. Yeah. And it's so exhausting, but I am absolutely thrilled and having the, the, the character background, because I've read the play a couple times, to put into this comedic Hamlet has made it so much more fun, because knowing the layers uh, and all my opinions about this man, this little rat man, has made it so, so much fun to stick them into this style of Shakespeare. 
Um, and frankly, I think the Bard would really like this production. I think that's an interesting question to, to consider. I just throw it out there. The Guthrie is doing Hamlet next year. Yeah, oh. so, so we will go see it. <laughs> and then and Julian will be very happy. I'm so excited. And did you, you guys went to see a production this year as well? We went to see The Tempest. Our, our language arts specialist, Scott Grave, um, uh, on a yearly basis, uh, will do a, uh, a quarter uh, focused on a Shakespearean play uh, that whatever is running at the Guthrie, um, so you'll have a class. So you, some of you have been involved in it, right? And you're and, all uh, nobody's and, a senior, then, right? So no. And then we <laughs> then we go see the show. The Tempest was a great production. I'll yeah. leave it there. You guys can talk. Yeah, super. The the way the Guthrie always does Shakespeare is it's always just incredible and totally different from the last production. Um, yeah, the the costumes, um, the mm-hmm. way that they wrapped music into it, because they're like. In Shakespeare, they don't really, like, use music to, to the full effect. Um, and so the way the Guthrie, like, they, they had musical numbers and, um, like, dancing. And they had little guys playing guitars. And, um, yeah, just the, the, and the set design was just incredible. It's a beautiful stage. And, a, I mean, that you're right. They attract some of the top quality performers and every part of you know from lights and tech and uh set and everything is just extraordinary so what what a great thing you got to do you're going to jump in and tell us something milo yeah i just um i started with shakespeare very similar to the way julian did where i i did a production of the tempest um as a fourth grader at prairie creek um and that's where I really started getting interested in Shakespeare and also where I started um, wanting to make Shakespeare something that everyone could enjoy. Um, that's an interest of mine just in general, being able to make something that people want to see and people can understand easily. Um, and uh, and I played Stefano when I was in fourth grade at the Tempest. Um, and uh, <laughs> I... I love my little man. Um, <laughs> and um, and that's where it started for me. And so being able to see um, all these shows that we've done previously in our lives or learned about um, or seen at the Guthrie and being able to make them ourselves and to be able to see them and our friends make them is a really fun experience and being able to see it in a way that other people can enjoy too. That's pretty incredible. And folks, if you're just tuning in, this is Art Zaney, Radio for the Imagination. I'm Paula Granquist. I'm here with uh, the group, not everybody, some of the group. We, we, I don't know if we could, we'd have to do like rotating seats or something or <laughs> to get everybody here. But we've got folks from the Arcadia production of the Complete Works of William Shakespeare, Abridged. Abridged. We're getting better. We'll do it. We'll get there. And this is opening up next week. It's already May next week. So Thursday, May 5th at 7.30, Friday the 6th at 7.30, and Saturday the 7th at 7.30. Very reasonable tickets, $6, $4 if you're a student or a senior, and a great night of entertainment. It is It is 37 plays in 97 minutes. Yes. And where is it being done? Arcadia Charter School. And Paula, where's Arcadia Charter School? Behind the Perkins. In the warehouse district. (laughs) (laughs) Isaac, thank you for joining me on that. (laughs) That that has become our tagline, right? (laughs) 
for folks to find it. It's really easy to find. You can check out their website, ArcadiaCharterSchool.org, if you want some more details about the school, about the location, or uh, information about uh, anything related to Arcadia. And well, let's talk about the because uh, we, we've touched on this, but um, the, the comedic elements of the show and how to take something. Sometimes not all his plays are comedies. There are a lot of really serious, uh, depressing, you know, tragedies. Right? There's comedies and tragedies. But let's also remember that we have Shakespeare's comedy. And then we have the three playwrights comedy. Right, so we're layering. Okay, so keep that in mind as you're answering, you guys. It look, looks like Julia wanted to jump in. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings. Um, <laughs> so with Hamlet um, and with Romeo and Juliet, which are two of my favorites and also very obvious tragedies where a lot of characters die, um, there is humor, question mark, to be found in how abruptly things happen sometimes. Um and Lily confirm if this is true. Uh, part of the reason I think people watch horror movies sometimes is for that like shock laughter almost is that that comes up when you just did not expect a bad thing to happen. And that doesn't happen so much in this show. It plays more on the, um, uh, I guess the, the way that the characters die oftentimes is just kind of ridiculous. It's It's more of like, oh my God, that just happened. We just saw that, that they just did that sort of like shock hilarity um and a lot of that comes from physicality um random things that people say that the playwrights um combined with shakespeare like created um and yeah a lot of the comedy just is there's just so many different types and different ways to to try to to yank the laugh out of the audience and, you know, there's a particular line in the show. It's just one line I'm going to say, Bob. <laughs> um, where there, uh, it was, we were getting, talking about tragedies again, and we had just done comedies, and one of the actors goes, funny enough, the tragedies are actually more funny than the comedies. So, um, maybe it's, it's not, I've, I've read all, like, the tragedies, and they are, as you know, they're tragic. Um, but at least the way we do them, it's it, it can be pretty funny to watch because it's just like, boom, 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 this happens. Also, a lot of the things in Shakespeare's plays were like kind of not necessarily the norm, but like easier to, I guess, digest back in the day when he wrote it. And mm -hmm. nowadays we're like, that's really weird. <laughs> what? Well, How yeah, did we're that happen? We're talking a couple hundred years ago, so yeah. of course that would be. Right, and, and we need to keep in mind that this... This this was written by three guys doing comedic shtick, okay, mm -hmm. you know comedic bits. You know, I, what, how did you talk about you know, getting laughs <laughs> out of the audience? How how do we do that? What do we do? Okay, I mean for that for that you you can go back to you can go back to you know Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin and the Marx Brothers and and look at how how do they how do they get the laugh out of the audience? And what's cool about the version that we're doing is it's actually revised. So they they took the show uh, that the three guys wrote. So it's not only a Shakespeare abridged, but it's also the complete works of Shakespeare revised. And the way they did it is um, like all sorts of different productions and people around the world have done this show, and they they looked at what those people did and combined with the original of the three guys, oh. they adapted it um, t to the way that that it's been done. So the show has evolved from 
these three guys into um, jokes and and improv and things. That oh, that's other... a really interesting story to have a play that has sort of a, a metamorphosis and a you know movement and sort of a living thing. I know. And one thing that Bob usually says before all performances, um, we did a Midsummer Night's Dream a couple years ago. Mm. He says, "Don't watch other performances most of the time." Um, some scenes, but don't watch other performances because he wants to get like, well, his directing and also just like your visceral reaction to how you think the scene could work. Because if you watch other people do it, you know, you think, oh, that's better. But then it's just kind of copying. And, we, you know, the reason you do your own performance is so that it's different. You know, you get different, different um, acting styles, different, even just how you deliver jokes differently. So that's wise. That Bob, he's a wise man. <laughs> no wonder he's the arts coordinator at Arcadia. <laughs> and go, go ahead. Yeah, I just think that Shakespeare, Shakespeare itself is is a community aspect unto itself. I mean, I've made friends across the world through Shakespeare, but it's also um, like people come together to make Shakespeare what it is, and we don't we don't have the original Shakespeare plays. Everything that we know is is something diverged. Um, and what's really fun about this is that, I mean, Romeo and Juliet, I mean, Julian will say this until they die, knock on wood, but, um, uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, it's, it's a comedy until Mercutio dies, um, and then it's not, and then it's a tragedy, um, and the way that this show does it is that it's a comedy through the death, and it's, and it's, it makes everything ridiculous and funny, um, and it leaves you wondering what's supposed to happen. Um, and it's, it's just a fun, fun way to do that. And it keeps going like that through every single show that we do. Um, we do Hamlet and everything and it's, it's really funny. Um, and we do that through so many different ways, um, that were all written by these three original people and changed by the people that they influenced and then changed again by us. What I find fascinating is that, so you are all young folks, I'll say that, because I'm, I'm entering that uh, other side of the world now, and you're all fascinated by Shakespeare, which was something that was, I think, 400 years old, if I remember. So that, what is the enduring value of Shakespeare? I think um, part of the value and part of the reason that so many productions can do so many different things is that Shakespeare gave us almost nothing other than the text. There are no stage directions. You say exit and you say enter. Because like with plays other, like I read Raisin in the Sun and they those stage directions are like a book. They're beautiful and they tell you exactly what to do. Whereas with Shakespeare you just kind of do anything. So you can set it anywhere. You can do anything with it. And that's why so many part of the reason why so many of the stories have been recycled over and over. You know, we have Nomeo and Juliet. We have uh West Side Story. The Lion King. The Lion King, thank you. And um that's why you can put them anywhere is because these stories are so universal and these themes are so universal. Like um uh Scott Grave, we mentioned him, uh saw that I was sad and gay and said here have hamlet because it's just such a universal thing you know reading hamlet as a teenager and going oh i feel this man i understand this guy and then you know having your midlife crisis and going i still understand this guy <laughs> you know it's so it's such a 
a lifelong thing is the themes that come up in Shakespeare and the way that you can put them anywhere and apply them to almost anything. It's beautiful. That was beautifully stated. Thank you. Yeah, and you know, um, the stories or the the plays are really interesting, and I'm sure a lot of people are, are tired of seeing Romeo and Juliet. Frankly, I am. It's a little <laughs> overrated, in my hey. opinion. But um, like you Isaac know, has something to say. About well, that. no, Romeo's right here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's just say, if you want a fresh take on Romeo and Juliet, come on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Surprise. Seven thirty at Arcadia. I want to throw something out. When a, a True confessions here. When I first read Shakespeare, and I don't even remember which Shakespeare it was, uh, it was dense to me. And it was, hold it, what's going on here? And what, what does all this mean? And um, I think probably for me, you guys, the first time I really read, uh, read Shakespeare was in a class at, uh, in college. Um, so not, you know, not in a few high years school. Out. No, not in high school. Hmm. Um, and so I had a prof to, you know, to help, help me through it, help me understand it. Um, but I've really come to realize, and people need to understand this, is that Shakespeare is meant to be seen. Shakespeare is meant to be performed. Performed, To yes. see the performance. And then things come clear. So it's, yeah, maybe not one meant to be sat down and read like a book. Well, I, you know, I, I, you know the, the Lily Eastups of the world love that, and that's a <laughs> great thing. It's a great thing. Okay, don't get me wrong. However, Shakespeare, the, when we can really digest it, is, to me, when we see it and hear it performed. So there. When you want the words, you read it, and when you want the story, you watch it. And another thing... The the themes in these stories are so used and universal, like the Romeo mm-hmm. and Juliet, you know, one family and another family or anything in a feud is one of the most, like, you know, common and used tropes in pretty much all of media ever. And, you know, and it's interesting because there's, I remember Scott said we were going to the Tempest and I was like, that is the one play I thought I'd never see. Oh, because it's so like it wasn't on your list. It, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't really on my list of things that I was like that would be fun to see. Um, but also like it, it's very the Tempest is pretty different from a lot of the other stories. Like other than the fact that there's a shipwreck, that's a pretty universal one. And it was his last play, so there's a lot of themes um, in the Tempest talking about like what he wants to leave his his followers and audience with. Um, and and how he wants to to like to leave the world through his work. Um, so the Tempest is not super super covered in our show, um, but uh, <laughs> but it's um, just a really uh, incredible story. So after you come see our show, you should go see the Tempest. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, we are running. I've got more questions, but we've just got a couple minutes. So I'm going to ask, because I was thinking about this, you had this beautiful uh, arts residency with Chris Cosa. And so I want to ask you, you can pick which one you want to answer. So what was the greatest thing you learned from Chris Cosa about being an artist or how arts can you know, change the world? <laughs> or if you were to have an arts residency with Shakespeare, what do you think that would be like? 
Oh, it looks like Jillian's ready to jump in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Everyone get ready. <laughs> Buckle up, Buttercup. Um, Shakespeare is a wild, wild man. Uh, he burned the first globe down doing a cannon effect for, I think, Edward III? One of the Edwards. Um, the whole theater? The whole theater. They burned it down, and then they rebuilt it. <laughs> this fact I didn't know. <laughs> that stage manager wasn't very good, huh, Lily? I think I learned that in Doctor Who. <laughs> It, there, was so a, there was an episode in Doctor Who where <laughs> they meet Shakespeare and then the, the globe burns down. So, you, ah. you learn a lot through the media. <laughs> but that's how enduring Shakespeare so, is, is that he makes yeah. it into Doctor Who. He yeah. goes everywhere. He's all over the place. And so he was... And the things that he writes are just kind of up the wall. Um, Mercutio's Queen Mab monologue, for example, where did that come from? There are so many pieces of Shakespeare that are like, what were you doing who hurt you? What dreams did you have? You know? Mm, and good question. I think if we were to do an arts residency with Shakespeare, it it would be so chaotic and so fun, but also kind of terrible. I don't think he would know how to work with children very well. So teaching might not be. <laughs> would, teaching is not his calling. Yeah, and also the way that kids and the arts were treated in, in his time are vastly different from um, from now. Um, and so there would kind of be a barrier there, I feel. You know, and since, like, there were no, you couldn't have women on stage in, in 1600, so they would have prepubescent boys play the female characters, which is its own problem. And if you've ever been to Arcadia, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I, personally, I don't like psychology, but man, would I do a psychanalysis on that man. <laughs> because he is up the wall. And I, I just want to see, well, first I want to, I want him to watch other performances and be like, is this what you pictured? He'd be like, no. Um, and then He'd I probably be distracted, I suppose, by the, even the tech stuff the, that's the, available. The magic box with there people in it. Yeah. And then I'd be like, how would you do it? And he'd be like, okay. And I'd be like, I will stage manage, but I will not perform. <laughs> yeah. It would be very hard to perform for Shakespeare. I feel like he would have expectations that were way too big. Um, but, yeah, it's just... I mean, I'd like to meet him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would prefer not to have lifelong therapy for, for <laughs> acting in a Shakespeare play <laughs> directed by Shakespeare. I think I'd go crazy being a stage manager for him. I yeah. think you might, yeah. Milo, any any response, any idea? Uh, were you a part of the Chris Cosa group? Um, I actually designed and uh, directed making the backdrop, um, but I didn't um, do any performing or any such thing. Um, From what I hear, that was a pretty incredible uh, piece gorgeous. of art. Yes. We had to paint over it immediately. Oh. It was a week. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but so I, I didn't do any of the, of the Chris Coza stuff, and I don't generally do art residencies much because the music is too loud for me. Mm. Um, so I don't that's not something I generally take part in because I don't want to have to be there um, when it comes. Um, but I think when it comes to making an arts residency, there are certain people you need to choose for that. Um, and Shakespeare honestly wouldn't be one that I would choose. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it'd be a great plug for the school. There'd be a lot of people saying, hey, you're still alive. and uh, <laughs> That might draw some attention. <laughs> Hey, I saw you in Doctor Who. <laughs> um, but I think I think he's 
he's not the best with kids or, I mean, from my knowledge, um, or anything. And I think there's a certain amount of stuff that we really don't know about what he wanted. Like, it's been 500 years, um, and society has changed in ways that we haven't noticed. We haven't gotten a Shakespeare biopic yet, so we just don't know. <laughs> That's how we find out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the receding hairline is a ruse. <laughs> so the, I love. Thank you so much for being willing to play and to to answer that that preposterous question. <laughs> I can tell this is a great group, and it's going to be a great production. This is the. Here we go. I'm giving you the heads up. This is. The Complete Works of William Shakespeare. Abridged. Our best yet. Our yeah. best yet. <laughs> and you can see that at Arcadia Charter School, which is behind the Perkins. I was, I was solo oh, on that one. It. Oh. <laughs> and, folks, that starts next Thursday, runs Thursday, Friday, Saturday t- at 7.30. Show up at the door for tickets, but come a little bit yes. early. Make sure you get your spot in case it sells out. 37 plays, 97 minutes. Great lots cast of laughs, and crew. Lots of fun. Exactly. Sit in the front if you like interacting. Ooh. Sit in the back if you want to hear clicking. <laughs> <laughs> Sit anywhere if you want to have a good time. That's it. Aww. <laughs> Write that down, folks. <laughs> That's right. I, I'm such a, so thrilled to be able to have the uh, students back. It really makes me smile. You can't see through my mask, but I'm absolutely enjoying this time. It's been a wonderful pleasure. I want to thank my guest, Bob Gregory Bjorklund, for bringing everybody to here. Thanks, Paula. Julianne Ross, thank you. Isaac Udelhoffen, I hope I said that. You're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lily Eastup and Milo Whaling. Thank you so much. Folks, this is Art Zaney, Radio for the Imagination. I hope that you will also remember to get your tickets to Native Gardens, which we had on last week, which opens up May 6th, and that you can get those details at northfieldartsguild.org. Listen to the rebroadcast. Great interview with Justin Cervantes and Anna Olson of the Northfield Arts Guild. In a few weeks, we're going to be talking about the Straight River Arts Festival, a new festival in Faribault by Jessica Prill. She'll be joining me for a show later on this month, so visit straightriverartfestival.org for more details. And folks, I hope that you always take the time to add some art zany to your life. And in the meantime, till next time, enjoy your imagination. You've been listening to Art Zany, radio for the imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault. The Paradise Center for the Arts is a vibrant cultural and artistic gathering spot in historic downtown Faribault. The Paradise is committed to offering high-quality visual and performing art opportunities for Faribault and our region. Regular events spotlight some of the best artists and musicians in our area and throughout Minnesota and the Upper Midwest. Our beautifully restored facility includes art galleries, classrooms, clay and textile labs, a gift shop and rehearsal spaces, in addition to a 300-seat auditorium. Visit ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org for a full schedule of events or call our box office at 507-332-7372. Weather specialist Bob Matheson has your weather weekday mornings on KYMN.